For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And starting off the show, we want to wish Leafs legend Boria Salming a happy 71st birthday. Um, yeah, he was here recently. I'm sure all the Leaf fans out there saw him uh, with Rick Vive at that, uh, what game was that versus? I forget. Oh, God. I didn't I write it down. Remember. <laughs> now I put you on the spot, too. Anyhow, it's that's recent. Okay. It was recent, obviously. And, um, and yeah, so he was also in town, I guess, for a uh, movie that's going to be filmed about him, a uh, documentary movie. So that's going to be coming out, I think, by the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, so it was great to see him. He always loves coming to, to see a Leaf game, unlike some other former Swedish captain player that we have. And um, yeah, so it's been another eventful couple of weeks. And this is our final show of the regular season. Wow, we made it through it. And um, the next show is going to be on May the 4th of our next show. And um, we'll have some we have some good news for the playoffs. Yes, Leafs Nation, you'll be hearing from us on a weekly basis for the playoffs. We're really excited uh, to be bringing you some uh, additional frequency uh, over that time. Uh, every Wednesday, there will be a new playoff edition of Ladies Talking Leafs. So to ensure you don't miss any episodes, follow us and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. That way you'll be among the first to get our latest uh episode and uh thoughts on what's happening in the playoffs and of course we hope it will be a nice long run yeah and uh you can also find us on facebook podcasts and our youtube channel uh, where we're also posting some videos of our own game highlights from uh scotia bank arena when we go to the game so check those out so let's get into some quick news and notes from the past couple of weeks before we move on to bigger and better things so uh, highly touted winger, 19-year-old Matthew Nyes, uh, has chosen to go back to the University of Minnesota and play another year of college hockey. Um, the Leafs thought that he was ready to make the jump to the NHL. Obviously, he's a very dynamic player. Uh, but Nyes wants another opportunity to go for an NCAA championship uh, because I guess he and his teammates, a lot of them, uh, will be together again for another year. So they want to make another run. Yeah. And how can how can you blame them, really? Yeah. I mean, he's only 19 years old. Uh, I know like Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas. I mean, Kyle Dubas met with him, I think, to try and get him to uh, to want to sign a contract with the Leafs um, for for this season so that he can um, he could pl possibly play in the playoffs and kind of be our uh, Cole Caulfield, I guess, for this year. But anyways, he decided that uh, he wants to go back for another year and 
in a way, I think the Leafs thought that was also a good idea too, because um, Minnesota apparently is a, a very good team and they know that he's, I guess, uh, being well taken care of, let's just say there. And um, all the, I guess he's also represented, Matthew Nyes has also represented Team USA in the World Juniors and he's played for, T, he played for Team USA in uh, Beijing. So all this experience, it can only help him down the road too uh, when he finally does uh, get to the NHL. So yeah. So I agree with that. And the other thing is, is like, where does he slot in right now on our team? Yeah. So, you know, if, if he's coming in here for a fourth fourth line role and if that's what he's going to get next year, I'm not sure that's really where he is the best fit. And um, and so another year, you know, another year of roster turnover on our end um, is probably going to be a, a better, better timing uh, for him to come in. Yeah. Although, you know, everyone says, you know, there's only so many years he's got, you know, with Matthew's contract, but, you know, we're, we're hopeful that Matthews will be signing again with us. So that won't be, or shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue actually. <laughs> I don't have positive feelings on that, but uh, anyhow, so the Leafs are still currently in second place in the Atlantic uh, when we're recording this podcast on Sunday, April 17th. And uh, we all know that's important because it's going to mean we get home, home ice for the playoffs, at least for the first round. So, um, so yeah, we want to try and keep that separation uh, with Tampa and, and Boston. Boston's a little bit further behind us now. But, um, but yeah, so on the injury front, we got a bit of good news with Rasmus Sandin and Andre Kasha both skating, um, but still probably won't be. They might be available for the first round at some point, but... Um, but yeah, they're they're at least skating anyhow. And um, a bit more concerning is that Jake Muzzin is dealing with another injury that's not related to the concussion. And we'll talk about this a bit more during the show. Well, as always, there's lots to talk about. And we are going to start off with our usual good, the bad and the ugly segment. Uh, then we will run our Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we're going to get into the upcoming playoffs, of course, and what we expect and hope to see as the Leafs embark on their all-important second season. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. So the good, the bad, the ugly. All right. So as usual, I'm starting off with the, my good. And my good is, or are, the two Ilias, Ilya Mikheyev and Ilya Labushkin. I don't know. They just seem to have be getting this good connection, the, these uh, these two guys. And um, it was funny. I think you, you saw it too, Sil, as well, with Mikheyev giving Labushkin a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a pep a talk. Tip. Tips, yeah. anyways, on mm -hmm. getting more offensive production, and he told yeah. him to. He, Mikheyev told Labushkin to like when he goes in to the offensive zone, like just close your eyes and shoot, and and that it seemed might to work, happen. and it seemed to work. Yes, he finally yeah. got a goal and assist versus uh, Washington, and um, I think it, yeah, it was versus Washington, and he, um, yeah, it was. 
it was uh it worked for that game anyways and um yeah i don't know i guess first of all with mikhaev i just find um i think we tend to forget that this guy also had a broken hand earlier this year Mm-hmm. So he hasn't played the full season, but he's finally seems to be back to what his rookie year, what he looked like during the rookie year. And he's and he's got the scoring touch as well, um, which he had more of back then, too. So, um, yeah, just like his speed. He's he's great on the PK and he's a big guy um, and he's starting to use that size a little bit more. Last night versus Ottawa, he uh, he hammered one of the Ottawa Senator players there. So that was a good thing to see. And yeah, it's, I don't know if we'll be able to keep him here for next, like he is a UFA after this, but uh, won't worry about that right now. It's, uh, it's just good to have him healthy and, um, and playing well, whether he's on the third line or if he's playing with JT, he seems to give JT some, uh, or has given JT some more oomph is in his game. (laughs) I guess. And, Mm -hmm. and with, with the energy and that, and then with Labushkin, I think, um, who do you think he reminds me of from in the 2000 era? I'm not, uh, in the Sundin era. Who does he remind you of? Former Russian defenseman that we have, or we have, that was a leaf. A little bit anyways, not quite as big. Not Markov. No. No. But his partner. His partner. I don't know. You don't know. You gave no, it. I can't remember. Oh, you gave it. Okay, I was gonna. I was thinking of that, but then because uh, he's yeah. not. Yuskevich was only he. This guy's actually six two, whereas Yuskevich is a little bit was uh, a little bit shorter, five eleven. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, he. But actually, their weight was is the same um, mm-hmm. or close to it. Sort of. So um, so yeah, just and the fact that Yuskevich wasn't really obviously he wasn't um, like an offensive producing defenseman. He was a shutdown defenseman and, and just a guy who would clear the front of the net and just do his job. And that's who he reminds me of a little bit. And um, yeah, but now his family too, I saw earlier um, last week, yeah, his family's joined him. Did you see how cute his son is telling, telling him to like, uh, to give the puck to the, to the, to the kids. And then there, and one of, I think the last game, last home game, his, his son actually gave a puck to a, a, a young fan. Oh, really? No, so I didn't he's see getting that's... involved in, in that. Oh, that's which is cool. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. During the warm up. Oh, he's wow. basically coaching his dad to give pucks to the, to the young fans. Oh, wow. And he, cool. he participated in it also last time. Yeah. Huh. I thought yeah, that so... was really cute. So yeah, I just think um those the two Elias are um are well, they're certainly uh getting their games together at the right time and making an impact and you know, the more more uh players that we have joining the party, the better it is for us. So, yeah. Anyway, speaking of that, um my good, yeah. I'm, you know, considering I had this person in my doghouse for so long, I have to give credit where credit is due. And my good is Pierre Engvall. Um, I'm pretty sure that everyone can agree that this guy has got his game together and he is using all his tools. Uh, he is, 
he's so fast uh, once he takes his first couple strides getting down the ice and he's got these long strides, long stick. Yeah. Um, he is creating uh, offense, not just for himself, but for um, his uh, line mates as well. Um, these guys on that uh, third line are a real threat uh, to score and also on the penalty kill, they're really, really great too. So um, yeah, I'm like super impressed with uh, how he's gotten his game together. And I think even Sheldon Keefe uh, has confidence in, in him now too. So yeah, I was going to uh, say he, he was great. He was in Keefe's doghouse as well, not just our he was, doghouse yeah. <laughs> for yes. quite some so time. He's, he's been let out by everyone. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Yeah. 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 I just find too, like he's finally, I think it's the consistency that Keith was That's looking it, for, yeah. right? And he doesn't seem to be making the stupid mistakes that he used to make. So somehow he's kind of got more focus. Yeah. Uh, which is making a huge, huge difference. Yeah. On and, the ice. Um, and he has a bit of feistiness to him, his game mm-hmm. too, sort of. He's he's kind of got that. And then also I read somewhere that um it does make sense actually. Since Nylander, I know last night versus the Senators, they sw- Keith switched it up again and put Nylander back mm-hmm. with Tavares. But when Nylander's been on the line with David Kampf and Engvall, it just seemed to kind of elevate Engvall a little bit more to want to be better, too, because... Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, they have a history playing together yeah. uh, in Sweden and stuff. So, like, I know when they first came up and they were both playing uh, for the Marlies, um, you know, they were kind of good buddies there as well. Yeah. So... um yeah, it's the whole mm. Swedish contingency that we have on yes, our team. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's never a bad thing to kind of have that inner competition, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. All right. So yes, kudos to Pierre Engvall, and he's been getting a lot of love on uh, on Leaf Twitter too. A lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fans are saying how how or noticing how good he's been. Well, it's very deserved. Yeah, he's very deserving of that for sure. All right. So moving on to the bad. <laughs> actually it's kind of funny but um so my bad is jake muzzin now it's not mm-hmm. because he's playing bad it's this whole thing with this injury that he now has once again and really i think it's the injury that's going because the whole season we've basically been before he got the concussions we've been saying like he just doesn't look right mm-hmm. so now i'm wondering whatever it is if from the beginning of the season that we were noticing that he didn't look right. Like if that's Mm -hmm. the issue, that's just, it just keeps going and going, even though he was off for a couple of months anyways, for this latest concussion, but now this other injury has come flared up again. And I'm just wondering if like, depending on whether or not, if it needs surgery or whatever it is, like if they, why it would have been nice if they would have taken care of it back in October rather than um, waiting until now, basically to try and, um, because there's obviously something wrong. There was that one goal that he, like, he could barely move. Like <laughs> it seemed, anyways. Like he, he was, he was in position, but he couldn't turn around quick enough. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know what it is. And they are not saying anything. And he's missing both games this weekend versus the the Senators and the Islanders. And um, I don't know if he's gonna be because he can't be playing like this and like. For game one of the playoffs, it's just no way we can't no. have him in the lineup. So, um, so yeah, that's that's my bad because he's an important piece, obviously, um, that we would love to have because of his physicality and meanness in his game, mm-hmm. which we don't yeah. have. I mean, obviously, we got Labushkin, but he 
hasn't played, let's just say, as many minutes as Jake Muzzin is used to. And then obviously we also have Giordano, who's maybe has some meanness in his game, but he's not like he's he's not quite the same type of player as Jake Muzzin. Well, it definitely would have been nice to have both of them in the lineup, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's because he's such a competitor, he's probably going to be in there somehow. He's going to get himself ready to to be in there on game one of the playoffs. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just concerned about that. And and it's not a good situation. I definitely agree with that. And the one thing I wonder is that the year like this, I mean, like, what if it's something like long COVID that he's just not getting Yeah, over? that's I mean, true. That's not even an injury, right? But yeah. that's something that could, like, look what it did for to Jonathan Taves last year. It, you know, for some people, we don't know the ins and outs of the health and status of these guys. And it, if it's something like that, you know, that's just not necessarily as easily gotten past. And so yeah. I hope it's not something like that. And it's just a, an injury that can heal. Uh, but, you know, the way his season has gone, like I wouldn't be surprised if it was something, you know, that like that, um, yeah. just because he's just never been able to feel right, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, let's hope that he uh, gets back and this is just another temporary kind of small setback and he gets back in the lineup and, and can contribute because we all know that's really what he wants. Yeah. You know? He's a competitive guy. Yeah, for sure. He wants to be part of it. Yeah. So. My bad is uh, his former partner, yeah. uh, Justin Hall. I I don't really know what it is. And I don't know if it's because everybody else seems to be getting better. And he just seems to not be, not be able to kind of keep pace with the rest of the team. That That's kind of the way I see it, you know, like... Because obviously he's making some good plays. He's he's scored a, you know some goals recently, um, but there just seems to be some uh, a, like just a, a misstep, or he's just not quite at the pace. And I don't know if it's his body that's not, or if it's his brain that's not. But he's just I just don't think it's just because he's a big body and he's a right handed shot that he's in there. I think all the time, but. Um, I just don't know what uh, Keith is going to do uh, with this, but I guess we will be talking yeah. about that later. Well, Keith actually recently kind of stuck up for him a little bit, um, just mm-hmm. saying like he's playing, Justin Hall is playing a lot against, uh, or the most out of all the defensemen on the team, he's playing the most against the hardest uh, matchups on the opposing team, which I think. I mean, obviously, Keith would know better than us as to put the matchups on that, which I, I, yeah. I didn't. I thought Riley and and okay, Brody so would be then ahead. Is should we be blaming Keith then? Maybe he's playing a little too much yeah. against that competition, the, and he needs to, you know, kind of give him a little bit of a break. Well, that's what uh, that's what I guess lately in, in the media and in Leaf Twitter and and talking with Leaf fans, like I've seen like like to have him more on the third pairing, mm-hmm. um, but. I mean, with this Jake Muzzin injury going in a lineup, these pairings, like, you can't really get anything set. And, um, I mean, we'll be talking about this a little bit later in another segment. But um, but I just think, too, he Justin Hall needs to 
stop a little bit of thinking of pinching so much on the offensive side because that's where mm-hmm. he like last night versus Ottawa, like both mm-hmm. him and Brody <laughs> went in, yeah. and then it was like a two on O, which obviously yeah. they you can't both go. They can't both go exactly. <laughs> One of you has to stay back. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's obviously something like they're not hundred percent used to playing with right. each other. Obviously, as mm-hmm. to like. When Brody was playing with Riley, obviously he knows Riley's the guy that's flying around there in the ozone. But um, mm-hmm. with, I think, Hall, I mean, whichever they decide, if that pairing stays the way it is for game one of the playoffs, like he just, they need to decide who's going or communicate a little bit better. And, and I just find though recently Justin Hall has been jumping in a little bit too much for my liking because well, he's, other- he's not that fast a skater like you mentioned. Yeah. And the other part of that equation, though, is that, I mean, if he is going to do that, communication is key and the forwards need to be aware also, you know? Yeah. So um, there just needs to be better all around team defense if if that's going to happen. But um, but yeah, it's just just like, yeah, his his skating is just not not quite there to get back as fast as like, for example, like you've, you've mentioned Riley can, you know, like he's just so, so quick. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I think um, like obviously Sandine who's injured, he's fast mm-hmm. as well. He can yes. get back. And uh, I think Lilligren is pretty good at that too. Um, but Lilligren mm-hmm. has, he used to be offensive more on the offensive side of the defenseman. And then his time with the Marlies, they've kind of changed him into a more defensive responsible um, mm-hmm. player, but I think from his previous experience, I think he's uh, his skating skills are much better than Justin Hall. But anyhow, I don't know. We'll see. We'll be talking more about the defense in a little bit later in the third in the third period. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's go on to our ugly, and yeah. we only have the one ugly. <laughs> Which is the Sabres game. And it really was enough ugly for for many, many uh, episodes. Yeah. Because it was pretty damn ugly. <laughs> yeah. I just find it's just so weird how we don't show up for the game against our QEW rivals, as they say. I just... And I don't... They've always had our number. Yeah. Like, this is going back decades. So I don't know what it is. Yeah, uh, with that team, it doesn't matter who's on the ice. It's um, it's strange yeah. because you know, I mean, like you said, it's decades. So you, I mean, obviously, players that have gone through as Maple Leafs, like they know it's the same thing all the time. Mind you, they say that they've done everything. Like every coach that every Maple Leaf coach has said, like they change up the routine. They sometimes they took the bus to Buffalo. Sometimes mm-hmm. they, sometimes they like go in on game day. Sometimes they actually go in the night before, even though it's not a long drive and they, and they stay overnight in a hotel. Um, they do all these different combinations to try and, to try and get rid of this, um, demon, I guess, or I don't know what what you call it (laughs) in Buffalo, um, whether it be them playing here or there. And yeah, we just, um, it just, just doesn't work out very well. That was just a brutal game. And um, yeah, we've, yeah, there's not much else to say about it. So no, yeah, no. And I mean, I, I get that it's in the bigger scheme of things. This is just another one of those teams that, that they just, for whatever reason, uh, the Leafs just don't get up to play against. Um, But, you know, it's, you're you're missing out on on valuable points every time you do that. Yeah. However, am, am I going to complain at this point that they're not, you know, giving it their all in a game like that that's just totally gotten away from them 
at this point, no. no. I, if, if they're going to reserve a little bit in the tank for something else, I'm fine with that. But, you know, I, I feel bad for yeah. anybody who <laughs> had to go and pay for <laughs> tickets for that game. That's for darn sure. Well, yeah. And as long as we don't, like, as long as we don't lose home ice, because if you think of all these non-playoff yes. teams. 100%. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. right? And there's still a race mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Which is why it's good that they they didn't just lay down uh, against Ottawa last night because it was looking like it was going in that direction in that game, too. Yeah. But they managed to uh, decide that they're going to put put it together and uh, and actually win that game. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, there's obviously there was no highlight real moments from that ugly Sabres game, but there were plenty of other options from the other games uh, the last couple of weeks. So let's roll the ladies talking Leafs highlight reel. All right. Coming in at number three, we have Michael Bunting. His two goal night versus Washington ended his 17 game goalless drought. It was also his 100th NHL game, and apparently his teammates had a few chirps for the 26-year-old rookie. Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was funny. (laughs) I guess they're chirping him because he's a rookie. but um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And actually, he's catching up on the goals, too, on that. But he's not, I don't know, everyone's saying he's not going to win the Calder. So there's not much uh, love for him. No, the trade-off will be that, you know, that Austin will, will win the heart. So mm-hmm. I just don't think they want to throw all the hardware at uh, our team. At so. Leafs, yeah, at yeah. the Leafs, yeah. But the fact that he didn't score in 17 games, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually didn't even notice, really, um, because no, of because everything else he does. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was actually surprised when I heard that it's been th- that it's been that long that he hadn't scored. Yeah. Uh, because he does so much other other stuff and he's always involved in the play. So anyways, it, it was just a matter of time till he got back on the board again then, right? So Yeah. Uh but good for him, yes. And Yeah, well cuz he was feeling it personally like he was Yeah, no, he yeah. that was a huge celebration when he got that first one, right? Yeah. So um yeah. Yeah, Tom Wilson wasn't too happy about that for whatever reason. Usual thing. Yeah, well, because he's Tom Wilson. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay, so number two on our highlight reel is William Nylander. So he's, Willie's finally back. Yes. And we, and um, it's on the third line, mind you, but um, it's great because he makes that line with Kampf and Engvall more of an offensive threat, which we talked a little bit about before. And um, yeah, the highlight reel moment for Nylander was that blast of a shot. Uh, that's the one that we picked um, from the top of the faceoff circle versus the Capitals. It's his 29th goal of the season, and he now has 30, another 30 goal season for Willie. So, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was our uh, highlight reel moment for Willie. Yeah, another guy who kind of got himself off the schneid there. Um, so definitely, this is what we want to see Willie getting his game together as we roll in towards the playoffs. So hopefully he can keep it going like he did last year because he was a threat to score during that first oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he first was, uh, round last year. Yeah, he was the one top, of the only ones at yeah, that time. Yeah, he was the top player last year in the playoffs. And what I find impressive too is that for for right now how Keefe is actually keeping his minutes up he's actually playing between 18 19 minutes a night even though he's mm-hmm. been on the third line until last night there was a bit of a switch up um that Keefe did uh and so that's um and of course he's on the power play so that helps obviously keep his minutes up so um you just got to keep him they definitely have to keep him like he shouldn't be getting third line minutes like he has to be playing at least 18 19 minutes a night to be effective mm-hmm. 
and to get the most sure. out of him. All right. So in our number one spot surprise is, <laughs> can we all guess, Austin Matthews. Yes, for the second week in a row, AM34 has topped our highlight reel. So, you know, we obviously do our best to try to mix it up, but how can you not choose uh, Austin Matthews? So he set a new franchise record for goals in a single season, passing Rick Vive, who previously held the record, scoring 54 goals back in 1982. Uh, he has scored his 50th and 51st goals of the season in 50 games, and he did this versus uh, the Habs on April 9th. And he's also joined the Leafs' elite 100-point club, setting an assist, uh, getting an assist on Bunting's goal versus the Capitals. Only two other Leafs have, have had 100-point seasons, if you can believe it, in our over 100-year history. And that is Daryl Sittler and Doug Gilmore, who each did it uh, twice. Yeah. I mean, what more can <laughs> You have to pick him as number one on the highlight yeah. right now. Like and, and yeah, it just, uh, it's, it makes more than total sense. And um, I just hope you did mention the heart trophy. I just hope that they don't, whoever it is that's voting for it, um, mm-hmm. the media members and that, that they don't overlook him for whatever reason if they decide to because i know huberto and florida is uh is having an amazing year as well but he is a winger yeah but he but yeah that's the thing he's doing this as a centerman yeah that is it's huge difference that's a huge difference Mm -hmm. so um yeah the other thing is is he doesn't have huberto doesn't have as many goals either so um you know being in that position you know, and the, the way he has improved his game across the board, how he scores, he has the most assists that he's ever had also this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a spectacular special season that he's putting together. So, yeah, for um, sure. yeah but we do want to give an honorable mention to to uh, Morgan Riley, who's also been playing pretty phenomenal. He's now just seven points shy of his career high in points, um, which was 72 back in the, uh, he had 72 points. That was the 20 goal season he had back in the 2018-19 season. And now he has 301 career assists, uh, placing him fifth in that category all time for Leafs defensemen, only a point behind Ian Turnbull for fourth. So mm. you got to give it to huge. Mm-hmm. to Mo there. He's uh, he's having an outstanding year ever since he signed that contract. <laughs> yeah, looks like he's all settled home and cooled out and he can just worry about what he's doing on the ice, which yeah. is... That's what you want to see. So, yeah. so obviously, you have to give credit to Matthews, which we have done with all these franchise records and milestones he's hitting. Um, he, at least publicly, is saying he's focused on bigger things, which we obviously know is the playoffs. And, of course, that's the focus of our third period segment. Yeah, so to start it off here, I can start it off, uh, as mentioned in our previous segment, the good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to talk about the D pairings. I want to talk about mm-hmm. the D pairings for opening night of the playoffs. Right now, my choice for deep pairings actually is what we saw last night versus the Senators, um, mm-hmm. which is to have uh, Riley with Labushkin and uh, Brody with Hall and Giordano with Lilligren. And there's a good article actually that um, it's from the Leafs Nation blog, um, and we put it in our show notes if the listeners want to have a look at it. But um, it makes sense to, to have. A knock on wood that everybody stays healthy like this and um mm-hmm. but it makes sense to put i'll go through each one of them anyways just quickly so riley is best paired with labushkin because with labushkin 
he's actually made this pairing more steady. And the stats show that with the high danger choices, now we're getting into statistics or analytics a little bit. So that's why it's good to read this article too. But the higher danger chances and goals against are better than when Riley was with Brody. Mm-hmm. Five on five, we're talking just five on five uh, yeah. on the D pairings. But um, but yeah, so that's that's an important thing when you think of it, and and that that's it's really important to um, to have that as a D pairing. And it seems too, they seem Riley. Well, Labushkin seems to be liked by all everybody on the team, anyways, mm-hmm. and that's what um, even when the Arizona players, they were really actually apparently sad to see, quite sad to see him go. He's a real good team guy. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I think Riley and Labushkin and then putting Brody with Hall. Again, the stats show that the for high danger scoring chances, they're actually lower when Brody is playing with Hall as opposed to Brody and Riley. That is interesting. And actually, I have to th- have to say that, you know, listening to you say this, you know, given that, you know, it was a little bit um, unsettled at the beginning when Riley was paired with Labushkin, but, you know, once that settled down, I I have noticed Riley getting, you know, caught in weird spots or anything like that. Like it's it's just been kind of rolling. Yeah. You know? The eye test really I think matches the stats. Yeah. And then with Lilligren and Giordano, I mean, there's no denying. No G- question that <laughs> they've got good chemistry. Yeah, Giordano sure. has basically stabilized um that third pairing. And mm-hmm. um like uh Considering too, Lilligren, this is his first full season, right? So we're going yeah. into the playoffs. I, I, at the beginning Uncharted of the year, charted territory. Yeah. <laughs> so to have a veteran like Giordano, like, and you could just see the confidence there. It just, it's, it's really, it's, it's really gone well for that pairing. And then Sandine and Muzzin would be the extras, basically. Um, and this would be for game one, anyways. And um, that's what I'm looking at because. With Sandine, obviously, it's an injury. We don't know, like, how long it's going to be. And, um, yeah, and, and Sheldon Keefe, for his part, obviously, he's been experimenting a lot. Uh, we'll see tonight versus the Islanders what he uh, what he chooses to 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 do if, if well, Muzzin's not playing. So, I don't know. I guess it's going to be the same uh, pairings for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Um and he has said, Keith did say right now he has four left shot D. That would include Muzzin, basically, when I when I looked at the left shot, right shot D that we have. So mm-hmm. for him, for the playoffs, he has four left shot D and two spots for the right shot. That leaves two spots for the right. So somebody, whether it be Hall or Lilligren, in his mind right now, anyways, um, I don't agree with that because I think Muzzin should sh- sit, but... Um, depending on if he's not 100%. Um, but either Hall or Lilligren would be the one to sit, basically, I think, according to mm-hmm. Keith, what Keith said. Um, I think it was on Friday he said that. But so do, you think, um, do you think that who we end up playing will dictate also who is yeah. sitting out versus in? in? Yeah, because he did that too, even with our fourth line on um, like versus versus the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he basically he chose to put in Simmons and Clifford. Yeah. For that type of game, knowing that the Capitals are a big, strong team sort of thing. So I so think it'd be interesting to see, you know, when we play Tampa again. Uh, yeah. Ne- coming up. Yeah. Who he who he opts to play in that game. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So do you agree with those pairings or do you think of... uh... I I do. I mean, right now, I think those are your most steady uh, pairs. And I think you kind of want to go into it with, you know, what you know. Uh, The rest of it is is kind of all... um, you know, speculation because you haven't been, haven't had a chance to really see it for any length. And of course we don't even know, uh, you know, where Sandine would slot in. Yeah. That's if he were to come back, like, you know, who's coming out then, you know, or is, are they going to try to get him to play on the, on his opposite side? Cause I know he can, but it's, he has, he has not been doing that at all this year. And now he's been laid up so it's like is now the time that you want to in the playoffs experiment yeah. with that you know yeah no so um yeah i mean i feel for the guy because there's there there's a potential that he's not going to get in this first first series at all yeah yeah and and who would have thought that being between him and Lilibran, yeah i never right? would have thought that <laughs> not at the beginning of the year no no, no. so it's a uh, bad luck for him for yeah. sure yeah but anyways at least at least we have the depth though for a change um, yeah. So because yeah. injuries do happen, right? So we know that as uh, hopefully, like we said before, we go on the long run and um, and we might need uh, the extra, well, we probably will need the extra defenseman anyways at some point during the playoffs. So, yeah. So what did you want to talk about for this third period? Well, I mean, mine is looking at the opposite end of the ice and, you know, what do we expect from the offense and what does Keith need to do to get the most out of them? So obviously, the offense was the big disappointment in the first round last year. And of course, this whole season, you know, has been, you know, in wait for, you know, what they could do to basically, um, you know, shake off that that bad taste from from last year and Matthews and Marner obviously Marner the biggest bigger scapegoat of the two um you know wh- what do we want to see from them going forward this time around yeah. like what is it going to take for us to turn the page on that as as fans is kind of what I'm getting at yeah for me I don't think there's like you're saying like what's going to motivate them but I don't for the first round anyways I don't think there should like I think they already should have their motivation. Being, I'm, I'm not. I, well, I didn't really say anything about their motivation. I'm more talking about, <laughs> but but you know, what as us fans, like, what do we need to see from them for for us to kind of believe that they're you know that they're that this different this year? Well, Matthews and Marner need to take it to another level. Basically, I mean, they're it's it's a different level in the playoffs. Those two need to just play beyond what they're doing right now too because it's a different game in the playoffs and they know that and we know that so I think they and I also think that given what happened to Tavares last year he needs to have and I I think he will have an excellent playoff just because of what happened last year um, for him and that awful injury um, that happened in the first round so I just and then with Nylander like we already said, he was basically probably the best player last year. He needs to, re- mm-hmm. and it looks like he's slowly, he is getting back to that form again. He had a little bit of a, mm-hmm. of a lull as Willie does. And, um, but now moving into the playoffs. So those four, the core four there, those are the four that need to, they need to get it done. And in order for the fans to, um, 
like to forget about everything else that's happened from in the past, right? And um, mm-hmm. at least for for the five years, I guess that they or no, actually, is it what, five or what six? What I years? really want to see is I want to see them go in there and always play their game. I, I I really feel like, you know, the last four years, what has happened because they've gotten up, you know, in all of these series and, and could have got it done every single time. But what's what I found kind of happened is that they let the opposition dictate play. And and so, you know, on in those games that basically went down the toilet, we didn't play our game. We let the other other team dictate. And I think that consistently they need to play their game and not let the opposition get them off of that. And in that regard, like, I wonder what Keith needs to do. Like, when does he need to pull the trigger? Because I found the first year when he kind of was, you know, he was just kind of came in partway through the season. So in his first playoff that went against Columbus, Maybe he didn't tinker enough. Last year, he sort of tinkered too much. Uh, but I guess he was kind of desperate to to find something. Um, but um, I just kind of wonder what's the level and what does he kind of need to do to to get these guys to keep their mojo going kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I think Keith actually has done a, a – because now this is his first full regular season, just like us. Yeah, which is hard to believe, I know. right? <laughs> it, I think it's given him, especially this last month or so, when it comes to, like, making adjustments and, and tinkering with the lineup and all that, he's he's – been given the opportunity to do that during the regular season. So I think that's really going to bode well for him for the playoffs and making decisions yeah. when he's needing to change things up and, and, and get things going if things aren't going well, let's just say. But mm-hmm. one thing I noticed though earlier last week, Paul McLean, which I didn't even remember that he was with the organization. He's uh he was actually at the practice last week. Um, hmm. And he was the one that said, in that Amazon series, the biggest enemy is themselves. That's right. Right. And so I just think like when they get ahead in the series too, um, obviously I say when, not if, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when they get like ahead, that. like they need that again, the killer instinct, which we've talked yeah, about. They need to put it away. Yes. They need to put it. And, and on opposite when they're down, I think we like, I think we've had a lot of examples in the regular season anyways that like we can cat like last night for example we were down mm-hmm. to nothing but it was the Ottawa Senators so we came right. back we won but that sort of thing like they can't let that in the playoffs obviously versus a team like Tampa or Boston when they're down they still have to take that mentality to stick with their game like the way you're saying exactly mm-hmm. and eventually it's going to pan out for them maybe not every night but I mean, during a seven-game series, yeah. You're, if you stick to it, it's it's going to happen for you. But one thing I wanted to ask you, I'm putting you on the spot though, too. Remember last mm-hmm. year you said you didn't like that um, that thing in the that Keith came up with or the team, whatever it was, the puck putting. The- oh yeah, yeah, their Stanley Cup thing. <laughs> yeah, I was no, trying I didn't, to think I what else like could it. they do. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I honestly, I, why do you need that kind of gimmick? You think it's to just, motivate yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, Why do you need that? 
Yeah, that's what well, I don't know. I, I was trying to think what else could you do. I mean, I it was, was kind of cute. <laughs> I did have an idea. And actually, if, if I wouldn't, if you would have given me a heads up, maybe I could have recalled the the thought that I had oh. of what they could do. Um, well, maybe the and next I'll show. think about it for the next yeah. show. <laughs> uh, see if I can come up with some sort of creative idea for them. But um, yeah, I don't I part of the reason why I didn't like it is because when that that hole there for the fourth one is is there for game after game after game. Yeah, that's right. Oh, they yeah. were just mentally, I think they were just a little too fragile. That's true. You know, and, yeah. and so then it was like there for, you know, f- four games in a row and, and you're trying to get over that hump. I don't know. I just, I don't think you need that kind of yeah. Yeah, no, mental that makes gimmick. Sense. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It does make sense to see the empty hole there. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what came to my mind. It's like, yeah, you're looking at that, you know, the first day, fine. The second day, you're kind of starting to wonder. The third day, you're like, holy shit, that thing is still empty. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> I well, don't know. Well, hopefully they, well, it's not going to happen again. So maybe they just won't. It's, we think that for now, anyways, we think it's best not to have anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, but there's still seven games to go here in the regular season uh, from when we're recording this podcast. And the exact playoff seating is still a question mark. Right now we're still in second in the Atlantic, like we said. But um, let's take a look at the final stretch of games to the end of the, uh, for the end of this 21-22 NHL regular season. So tonight we play the Islanders. Um, this is the the kind of the flip flop schedule that uh, we were supposed to play there uh, back in uh, December, I think. Um, and then we play Philadelphia on Tuesday before heading out for the final road trip of the season with two very important games versus Tampa and Florida. Yeah, if we can win that game versus Tampa, uh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, even these depending on what Tampa does, I guess during during this week as well. I don't know who they're playing. Um, but I guess if we can win, whether it be tonight and the Philadelphia game um, or one of them anyways, and then, but if, if we win one of these two and then we win against Tampa, I think we'll be okay. And then Florida, I'm just looking for basically to not have a repeat of the game in Florida from a couple of weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. Let's, I mean, I'd like, I'd prefer it more the game that, that we played here. Uh, here. Yeah. yeah. But somewhere in between those two would also be nice. Yeah. 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 And obviously that we come up with the win. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's going to be, be tough being. Uh... Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm definitely going to be, you know, watching that Tampa game to see, you know, what, what kind of field uh, Keith puts out and uh, how he uh, yeah, switches things up. I, yeah. Although I don't think he's going to be wanting to lay out too many cards though no. uh, as far as the coaching goes yeah. either so yeah so after the Florida game the final road game of the season is in Washington uh, and then we come home to play the Red Wings on the 26th and then the final home game versus the Bruins on Friday night which again it could be a very important game depending on what the Bruins do from from now until then but um but I don't know they're a little bit behind us now I think they're I think they're 7 points behind us now um, but, uh, cause they've had a couple of losses in a row and yeah. And I mean, the game in the Red Wings, that one, we should win definitely again with these non-playoff teams in the game versus Washington. 
it might be more important for them again yeah, for them yeah mm. being the wild card positioning and stuff like that so um well they beat up on montreal pretty good last night which is good to see yeah yeah but uh yeah so then then it's uh then it's all done and um yeah and we head into the the postseason the very important playoffs that everyone's yes. been so we're We'll have to start getting our phone books out and calling those people that said, call me during for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> start calling the people saying, That's hello. Right. Calling is, back in. Hello. It's time for the playoffs. Yeah. This is yeah. what happened <laughs> for the season. Yeah. And this is where we placed. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, like we were saying before, we got through our first complete regular season of the podcast. Our first full 82 game season we're doing a high five to each other through the screen that's right yeah (laughs) and we're hoping obviously we're hoping the leafs go on on a long playoff run so that we can bring you a lot more of ladies talking leafs yeah and don't forget after our next show on may the 4th uh, we're going to be going weekly for the playoffs Um, be sure to subscribe and follow our show wherever you listen to our favorite pot your favorite podcasts and uh, a reminder to be sure to also leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, and if you have any suggestions, too, um, we're, we're open for suggestions. So or any questions, anything, let us know. It's easy on Apple and Spotify. You can leave a review and it's important for us so that our show can get more exposure as a source for leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And you can also DM us on social media anytime. Our handle is at LTL1917, or you can email us at ladiestalkinleafs at gmail.com and give us your thoughts on the show. And also check out our website, ladiestalkinleafs.com, where we have a new blog section and we will be adding new content in the next little while. And if you, you can also find uh, links to our guest interviews that we did on Hockey Time Machine, where you can find out more about us. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at uh, Kofi.com. It's ko-fi.com slash LTL1917. Uh, you can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation uh, goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. Find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Before we go, we always want to take time to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything they do. So thank you. So enjoy the next couple of weeks of the season. And next time we talk Leafs, where we hope it will be with the Leafs having home ice in the first round of the playoffs. Go, go Leafs, go! go.